Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello, everybody. Good morning and welcome to episode number 23 of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai, and I have with me today, Derek Tai. Hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> so glad to have him back today. Yay. Well, it's almost Christmas time, so uh, I don't know about you guys, but in this part of the country, we're actually going to have a white Christmas so far. I mean, it's been kind of fun, cold weather, uh, snowflakes, and uh, treacherous driving, all the fun things in the Midwest. Yeah, I think lots of the country is actually seeing some snow, even areas of the country that don't typically see snow, like Georgia and Texas. I've got some friends in both of those states, and they've seen snow, and um, some areas that haven't seen snow in years have uh, seen some. So, yep, it's definitely beginning to feel a lot like Christmas out there. Yeah, I, I kind of like when it's cold outside, being inside by the fireplace and uh, smelling the, uh, you know, the dinners cooking and uh, cozying up with the kids and doing some Christmas shopping and wrapping and there's something kind of special about that time of year. Yeah, I, I like the cold and the snow now, but come like mid-January through like February, I'm totally over it. <laughs> like ready ready to move on. <laughs> I'm kind of over it in about uh, New Year's Eve. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, that, that like month of December, I'm cool with it because it kind of blends into that, you know, happy Christmas kind of spirit. After that, I'm like, okay. That's when we usually want to try to take a trip out of town somewhere warm, too, around yeah. January, February. I know. I think us and pretty much everybody does. But unfortunately, when you have all the kids, they have to be in school. So I always wondered why we have to take vacations in the summertime when it's really nice around here. Like, I don't necessarily want to leave in the summer here. I mean, I don't really like the heat, heat anyway. If I was going to leave here in the summer, it would be to go to, like, Utah because I mm. want, you know, I don't want it as hot. But traveling to somewhere even hotter when it's hot during the summer, I don't get that. I really wish that our break was like January and February instead of the summertime. Well, as the kids get a little older, uh, you and I can take some trips and maybe just leave them here. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Good. Maybe next couple of years, yeah. So no like, shame in that game. See you, kids. <laughs> Have fun at school. Mommy and Daddy are going to a tropical island. <laughs> you know what? Just watch. It'll probably happen. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, well, today, guys, I thought what we would do on this episode is... Um, just kind of revisit some of the basics of keto and the keto lifestyle and just healthy eating in general, just health in general and that type of thing. I get a lot of questions regarding ketosis and how do I, you know, how do I do it and what does my family eat and what's my day look like and just those types of questions. So I thought I would just kind of just go over that today and just kind of do a basics of ketosis, basically, and, and some of the things that people might be coming up against and how do we handle them. All right. Hey, and one more thing before we get started. Mm -hmm. So happy wedding anniversary. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So right. it's actually oh, like goodness. three days away here. But uh, we well, are... when this we're actually recording this on Monday, but this will yeah. come out tomorrow and yeah. then our anniversary is Thursday. Yeah. So we got, it'll be, uh, it'll be 21 years married. So I'm very, uh, very, very, very happy, happily married <laughs> dude. So uh, I just want to say thank you for all the awesome years that we've had together. Yeah. It's incredible. It's funny. I look back at pictures of us when we first started dating and stuff, which was actually, we've been together like 25 years. And in, in, in April, it'll be 25 yeah, years. Yeah. 25 years in April. So we've, um, I look back at pictures of us like when we were dating and stuff and it's funny like I forget that we used to look like that and like I'll look at pictures of you and be like oh my gosh she's so cute and I still really love the man that you are now but you look so different and you're so much different than you were when we started dating it's almost like it's two different people 
But I think it's different for us because we started dating so young, and I feel like we literally grew up together. Yeah, we did. So you, it's almost like I really was dating somebody totally different, but so were you. <laughs> well, I kind of, I've told people before, it's like three different lives. You've got your, you know, teenage years, which, you know, is crazy, and you're still figuring stuff out. You have your, uh, your young married years with no kids. Now we've, so that's like phase two there uh, together. And then you've got the married with kids, which is kind of the phase we're in now. And then the next phase will be, you know, married without kids in the house anymore, <laughs> which will be next. So I can't even imagine that. I know it, it'll happen and it's going to be great. So I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm always positive about everything. I'm like, you know what? It's going to be great now. <laughs> it's going to be great then. You just have to kind of take life and enjoy it every day that you're alive and you're healthy. And I'll tell you one thing about this uh, keto lifestyle that we lead. I've never personally felt better. I mean, so I'm 41 now. I think I'm 41, right? 40, yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, it's one of those things I stopped keeping track. I know. But I know. I, Okay. So I'm 41. I honestly, I feel like I'm 20, 21. I don't have any aches and pains. I don't you know, have any, I'm not on any prescription drugs at all. And we have a fun uh, conversation about that the other day yeah. about, you know, someone uh, w- was reviewing something and said, are you sure you're not on any prescription drugs? So, and literally we don't take anything really for pain medicine most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I feel great. I feel like my brain's clear. We were able to start new businesses in the last couple of years and new investments and uh, stay you know, positive and, and keep going with all these kids. I mean, we've got five kids. You know, this is a full-time job by itself, plus starting new companies and, and working on the companies we have. So we've had a lot of fun and a lot of success, and we feel great at the same time. So I'd say the precursor to this episode is, you know, from a layman, I'm not the uh, the medical expert here. Whatever we're doing is working, so let's keep figuring out how to do it better. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I feel so good, and I'm... Um you know, just feel better than I have really in my whole life. And I am going to be 40 here very, very soon, just a less than two months now. And, um, and I just, I feel so good. I, I feel good. I'm, I mean, as a woman, you know, we do, uh, think about, you know, weight and, and feeling good in our body and in our skin. And I am, um, you know, I feel great. I put on my high school prom dress the other day that I wore to prom with you, you know, 20 years ago. And honestly, it fits me better now than it did then. And so that, you know, that feels good as a, as a mom. I mean, I have physically given birth to three children <laughs> and, um, you know, a mom of five and just, um, you know, just getting older and aging and doing all that and, and just feeling like, you know, no, no, like you said, no prescription drugs, no major ailments. And it hasn't always been that way. I mean, both of us have been on prescription drugs before. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have really nutritioned ourselves out of it. That's, that's what I, and plus we do all these other things that we part, part of this lifestyle, you know, like yes. the infrared saunas and the mm-hmm. acupuncture. And yeah. The and I want to talk about and... some of that today too, as part of like the lifestyle, all you right, know, well. like how do we do that? But real quick, another update I wanted to share with everybody, just because it's fun, is our um, our river property. So we talked a lot about it in the in the summer and in the fall, and oh, yeah. we got that up and running and having a lot of fun with that. And so I just wanted to give you guys an update. So we are still uh, very successfully renting that property. Um, too successfully, if you were to ask my kids, because they're upset they don't get to go out there. <laughs> we haven't had a single weekend since October that we've been able to go out there as a family. So they're like, hey, this is kind of what, yeah. what's going to happen here. It's, in it's been rented um, pretty solidly. As and, a short-term rental. Yeah, as a short-term rental. We have it on Airbnb. It's on VRBO and 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 whatnot. So um, it's been renting really good. People are loving it. And it's been a lot of fun doing that. And uh, so much fun that we are in the process, fingers crossed, that we are purchasing another Airbnb property. And this one will be just up the street from the one we have now. But the one we have is the, you know, we like picking these little, these little niches where you, you know, where there, there's something special about the properties and we pick properties that we really like. So our little river cottage, we just absolutely love being out there. It's so cute. The location is just amazing. We just love it so much on the river and on the bike trail. But the next property that we're looking at and hopefully we'll be closing on soon is a farm and it's just up the road and it actually sits up on a ridge. So you get to look over like the valley 
um, here in our area and it's got some acreage so we will um, be able to have animals there again you know we had a farm a few years back and then sold that and and moved here to the area we live in now more suburban area but so this is going to be just a really cool thing for us well and, i guess i guess your listeners are going to have to stay tuned because this yeah. is the unfolding uh you know process of uh purchasing property and inspections and yeah all that we'll see how stuff, it goes so. we're going through inspections and negotiations still and kind of all that stuff but hopefully it's going to work out and it'll be really cool and we'll give you guys more information when that comes available um this particular home is a lot bigger than the first one so i mean we it would hold probably you know, upwards of 15 to 20 people. It's, um, you know, for, for short-term rental, it would also be an Airbnb that we would do out there. So, and uh, this one, if we get it, we're going to allow people to bring their horses. So if you've got horses and you're traveling through the area or you just want to come visit or whatever, we would also have uh, boarding for your horse. Or a goat. <laughs> yeah, if you travel with your goat. <laughs> yes, if you're one of those goat travelers out there, it's a niche market. <laughs> But maybe right. you show goats or something. Maybe, I don't know. You know, I'm sure. We could probably <laughs> let someone bring a cow. Oh, yeah. We'll have, yeah, we can we'll, have we'll have some little turnout pasture areas that people can just temporarily use. Or maybe, what are those circle gates called? Round yeah, pens. like a paddock or a round pen. Yeah. yeah. So that's exciting. So we're looking forward to that. So keep keep uh, in, in listening, and we'll, we'll let you know what happens. We'll keep you guys up to date on all that. So, um, okay, well, that's pretty much enough about us and what's going on, I think. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about um, kind of the basics of ketosis and being ketogenic, the ketogenic lifestyle, just kind of getting back to the basics a little bit. Um, We kind of go all over in this podcast and a lot of podcasts, and I know many of you listening either are ketogenic or you know what ketosis is or you're trying it. Um, And then there are some people that listen that they are just exploring it and they don't really know that much about it or don't really know why they would want to do it. And... So just very basic, um, the being ketogenic versus not being ketogenic just means if you're in ketosis, you're a fat burner. So what that means is that you are burning fat as your primary fuel versus burning carbohydrates. Because if you're not a fat burner, you're a carb burner. And the difference is, is that when you have, when you're fueling your body with carbs, basically you have to refuel much more often because your body will burn through that very quickly. And so it, you know, we hear the terms like hangry and people say, oh, I get lightheaded or I get a bad mood or I'll get a headache if I don't eat every couple hours. And that was totally me. Do you remember when I used to say that all the time? Yeah, I think it comes down to kind of this constant, uh, like uh, you're refueling with those carbs over and over and over again. So you just constantly, your brain just goes, give me more, give me more. Right, yeah, it's like, I need more carbs. I'm I'm out of fuel, I'm out of fuel. So, but when it happens quick, (laughs) yeah, it does. But when you move over, especially if you're as active as we are, I mean, we're very active people. So, I mean, I was burning through those carbs like crazy, and um, which is probably why I could eat the way that I was and wasn't, you know, I definitely had put on weight over the years. I mean, I had a good, a good 20 pounds to lose, um, honestly, just to be healthier looking and feeling and all of that. But once I switched over to being ketogenic and really getting my body to the fat burning mode, which takes a little while because you're, you're, you have digestive enzymes and, and this enzymatic process is either catering to burning carbs or it's catering to burning fat. So if, um, if you go from being a carb burner to a fat burner, you have to change those enzymes and that enzymatic process in your body. So it takes a little while, but once you switch over, um, you know, amazing things typically start happening. Like you start losing the brain fog that, you know, many people associate with sugar and carbs. You start, uh, you know, so you can think clear. You start having longer periods of energy. It's just a more sustained energy. And that's just a fact. Um, There's just no way around that. Uh, Fat and protein is way more satisfying than carbohydrates. And it takes your body a lot more time to work through those. So, um, and in addition to that, when you are, when you are a fat burner, um, you obviously have, I mean, pretty much everybody has extra fat on their body. So if you are not fueling yourself, like if you're not eating, your body just uses the fat that you have on, on, in the store because it knows how to use fat. Now it's, 
you kind of your body kind of forgets how to do that. So then you just start burning through the fuel that you have stored on your body. So it makes you able to go a lot longer without eating. Um, that's why intermittent fasting kind of goes hand in hand with ketosis and why people talk about it so much. It doesn't if you're if you're trying to be ketogenic and you're going want to be in ketosis and all these type of things. It doesn't mean that you have to fast. And actually, I think there are some people that fasting maybe is not right for. But um, it's kind of why they go hand in hand, because typically you just aren't that hungry. So naturally, you move into this kind of intermittent fasting period, which for many people is uh, from dinner or if you have something after dinner, you have some kind of snack in the evening. It's usually from the last time you ate in the evening until late morning or even lunch or afternoon the next day. And that just seems to be kind of a normal process when you're ketogenic. But I also know people that will skip dinner and they really like breakfast. So they'll just have breakfast in the morning. And again, it's not because they're most of the time, I don't believe it's because they're specifically trying to intermittent fast. It just happens that way. I mean, there's a lot of nights that, you know, I'll tell Derek, I'm just not hungry. Like I just don't feel like eating. And by the time I'm hungry, it's so late that maybe I just don't want to eat. Well, and for me, I, I think the biggest um, noticeable change I've seen in hunger has been through the middle of the night. So, you know, let's say we ate at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock for dinner. If you didn't have, like, that snack before bed, so to speak, I would literally wake up in the middle of the night before we did this kind of transition, and I would just be starving. Like, my stomach would just be empty. I would be just – I could – I just had to go downstairs and get something to eat. And sometimes I would just grab something I knew would fill me up, like some milk or peanut butter or something just to, like, get my stomach mm-hmm. filled up in the middle of the night. I can't remember the last time I've done that. Yeah, totally agree. It's um, been a long time. Yeah, it's just – kind of becomes pretty normal. So just to touch a little bit on the intermittent fasting, I I do suggest to people that you do not do the same window all of the time. And the reason for that is, is that our bodies are super smart and they will adjust to that fasting period. And because what our bodies try to do for us is just keep us alive, right? So they're trying to keep us alive, trying to keep us functioning optimally. So if we're doing the same fasting window, our body starts realizing that and it'll start saying, okay, okay, well, from this time period to this time period, every day, she doesn't get any food. So we need to slow the metabolism down and conserve energy because she's not getting food during that time period. Now, when you're ketogenic, those signals are not as strong as when you're a carb burner, because when you're a carb burner, your body doesn't remember how to tap into fat stores. So it it's a lot harder for it. And when you're ketogenic, it's the natural, it's the go-to, it's the, you've, you've retrained your body to be the way that we were born. We're born ketogenic. So it, so it, once it, you retrain it and it's like, oh, okay, then it will start just using fat stores when you aren't eating. But there's still that element of your body wanting to conserve because you, it wants to conserve your fat stores because the way that we were made was to do that. Fat is not, and really it's, it's adipose tissue. It's not the same fat that we take in that we take when we eat. So it's not the same fat that's on our bodies. But our bodies are made to store these this adipose tissue around our bodies for the the times of famine, for the times that we didn't get you know a kill during the hunt and we aren't going to eat for several days or however long. So it stores the adipose tissue when it can, so that when it needs to rely on those times, it can. But in addition to that, if it becomes a regular thing, then our metabolism will learn to slow down during certain points of time so that it can conserve those adipose stores because it knows that there may be a time when we have to go longer, so it's trying to conserve that. So having said that, um, there's some popular eating windows um, in the intermittent fasting world or the ketogenic world that you may hear referred to. So when you hear people say like, oh, my eating window, you know, I, I do a six hour eating window or an eight hour or a feeding or an eating window, or people say I do a 16-8 or an 18-6 or a 24 um, hour intermittent fasting, that would mean like they are fasting for 20 hours and they eat in a four hour window, or they fast for 16 hours and they eat in a six hour window. 
Um, so, you know, it can be any variation of that, but that's kind of how you typically hear people talk about it. If you listen to other podcasts or you, uh, you know, read books or whatever, talking about ketogenic lifestyle. So just uh, keep in mind that my suggestion to you and to my clients is always to just vary that window. Don't make it the same thing every day. So don't eat dinner at seven o'clock every night and then eat, not eat again until noon every day. So just vary it. And typically that is, it's pretty natural. If you don't force it and you become intuitive in your eating, you're naturally going to fall into something that isn't a set pattern anyway. Most people, depending on how much you ate the day before or, you know, how much fat you had that day or, you know, how much your activity was, whatever, different things like that will determine how much you're going to eat for that day or when you're going to eat. Or, you know, sometimes I wake up in the morning, I'm starving and I will, I, you know, I make the kids breakfast every morning and then, you know, sometimes I'll grab a piece of bacon or some sausage links or something. And then other mornings I have zero appetite at all for anything. And then I won't eat till two o'clock in the afternoon. And then maybe I'll only eat you know, for I'll eat this, that meal. And then I eat another meal with dinner with the family. And sometimes my second meal, the dinner with the family is very light because I just don't feel like eating. I'm just full. And so you really start to become very intuitive in your eating the longer you're at this. And really that's the goal because you need to learn. It's, I, I, you know, I hesitate to, and I guess I should touch on this too, but I hesitate to talk a whole lot about macros and and doing all of these things because I feel like I know in the beginning, I think it's important for people to do it just to learn the, so you kind of know like, okay, this is, if I'm getting, um, you know, 80 to 85% of my calories in fat, this is, this is what that looks like. And if I'm, you know, eating 5% of my intake of food as carbohydrates, that's what this looks like. So I think it's good to get an idea because I think when you start out, you really, um, you, you really don't know how quickly the carbs add up or how, or how many carbs certain things have. Like people just, you don't realize how many carbs are in nuts. Like you think, oh, nuts are healthy. They're good, right? That's, you know, lots of protein, good fat. There's a lot of carbs in nuts. So you have to, you have to weigh all those things out and kind of, you start to realize how many carbs we actually do take in. And the average American now, I think takes in the last, uh, uh, well, statistic I read was something like 300 grams of carbs a day. That is crazy. Well, isn't that like the recommended daily allowance? <laughs> yeah, it probably is. If you follow the recommended daily allowance of six to 11 servings of grains sure a day, I mean, okay. you would probably have to hit 300 grams of carbs yeah, I mean, a day. That's a lot. So there's a lot of um, people that will talk about, you know, in the health and nutrition field about there's a lot of diets that go like 100 to 150 grams is kind of the, uh, you know, a better solution. And I would agree that is better than the standard American diet. But depending on, I mean, really, I think if you're an, an elite athlete, and really, to be honest, even then, I don't think you need the carbs, that many carbs, but I will just concede and say, okay, fine. If you're an elite athlete and you're really using them that much, that's fine. You might be able to burn that off. And then be able to switch between being a carb burner and a fat burner, you can do that. But I really think that's too many. I mean, I try to stick to 20 to 30 grams myself. And there are days that I will go up. So I do, I don't, so I've been asked before, do you carb cycle? So I don't necessarily carb cycle or, you know, people call it carb up and all that kind of thing. I don't do it specifically, but again, it gets back to the intuitive eating. So when I first started ketogenic, I was pretty darn strict for at least the first six months, like just really stuck to the 20 to 30 grams of total carbs. I was really strict about it. I really, you know, I was doing long, longer fasts, you know, three, five, seven day fasts. I wanted to keep my um, macros very dialed in. I was very particular about it. I was making sure that I was in ketosis, you know, started out with the with the pee strips, which I don't suggest doing that past like four to six weeks because what happens is when you first go ketogenic, like I said, your body has to go through this and changing over this enzymatic process. So in the beginning, you're spilling a ton of ketones because your body doesn't know how to use them for fuel right now. So you spill all those ketones and you urinate them out. So that's why those those strips even work in the beginning. But once your body gets good at using the ketones as fuel, 
you no longer are spilling all those. So then people start getting readings that they're not showing up on the strips and they start freaking out that they're doing something wrong and they're not in ketosis and they, you know, all this crazy stuff. Well, that stress alone will knock you out of ketosis. So you, you've got to, you know, watch the stress levels there. But then I switched over to the breath meter, uh, which to be honest, I wasn't super crazy about. So now I do the, uh, blood ketone meter and mine, I have the keto mojo one, but, um, you can do those and that's a really, it's very accurate to do the blood meter. And so again, don't panic about how many millimoles you're showing up in your blood when you're measuring your ketones, because I am a firm believer, mine have gone down. And I am a firm believer that as your body becomes more and more used to and adapted to fat and better at burning the ketones, you will not show up as much in your blood. Because again, when you've got a lot circulating in your blood, that's telling you that your body is not utilizing all of those ketones. You're making them, but you're not utilizing all of them. So, it, and that's not a bad thing, but I think we get caught up in this, oh, well, the higher my reading is, the better I am in ketosis. And I don't think that that's true. It just means that you have more circulating in your blood. That's all. So if you're really using them, you may not see a lot. Well, you mentioned stress too. I think, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people have anxiety over food. Yes. And even kids can get that anxiety because their parents might, you know, put too much on them or, mm -hmm. hey, you have to eat everything on your plate or, you know, you've kind of heard all these stories. I think a big part of this is, you know, you don't want to be anxious over anything in your life, uh, mm -hmm. specifically food. So if the food itself is causing its own set of stresses, then you need to maybe look at some other issues going on in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in my opinion, not being the expert on nutrition, just looking at more of a whole you know, wellness kind of approach to my life. If, if, if the food itself becomes such a focus and such a obsession where that's all I'm thinking about all the time and when am I going to eat and what time am I going to have this meal and what's the macro is going to be of that meal, I think you're going to do more damage to your body. Now, you obviously don't want the other extreme where you don't care at all either, mm -hmm. but I think everyone has to find that place where you go, you know what, I'm going to do the best I can today and I'm not going to be anxious over what I can't control. Mm -hmm. you know? I agree. I totally agree. And, and, you know, relaxation is a big part of it. So, and, and sleep. So it's a whole lifestyle thing, right? So this podcast is called Keto Lifestyle and that you can name it anything you want. Paleo lifestyle, Whole30 lifestyle, healthful lifestyle, you know, eating the best I know how left lifestyle, but it is a lifestyle. So you can't, it's not a diet. You know, I specifically named it lifestyle on purpose. I'm not talking about a keto diet, even though I do refer to it as that because a diet literally just means what you're eating. But in our society, we've made diet this word that means restriction. Like I am, this, these are the only foods I'm allowed to have, and this is all I'm allowed to eat. And so I'm on a diet. But so I want to focus on the lifestyle part of it. Like it's like Derek said, relaxation, it's sleep, it's, um, you know, it is the food, but it's about integrating all this together and it being intuitive where you're not tracking your macros. You're not weighing yourself all the time. You're not counting calories. Yes. Gosh. Well, I hear that you know, all the time. Yes. You're not counting calories. You're, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You got to make sure that, uh, you know, counting calories, I can understand the math around it because it's an easy way to think about things. This is something that's been said many, many, many times and on this podcast, the same, the same, uh, foods don't, you know, the calorie, the calorie uh, metrics aren't the same for right. different types of food. So right. a calorie of sugar is not the same as a calorie of broccoli. You know, mm -hmm. they're not that your body doesn't process. Them right. The same. You don't use them the same. And and you got to remember, too, that your your cells like you literally you're rebuilding your body like every two months. You've all your cells in your body are turning over and, and they're all new. So you literally I mean, quite literally are what you eat. Well, and it might be quicker if you're in the infrared sauna every day, right? Doesn't it? <laughs> That's right. It does. It accelerates that. So things like, like you just mentioned, so good part of relaxation, a good part of the lifestyle would be infrared sauna. So that for one, that helps you with relaxation. It helps you with cell growth and cell turnover. It helps you with detoxification. Detoxification is a big deal. You need to uh, be able to detox your body. Um, let's see another good thing to do when we've talked about acupuncture, acupuncture is a big deal. Um, I think that that can be a really helpful part of this lifestyle and, 
and um, relaxation and stress relief and and those types of things. And it also goes along with the lifestyle, both of those two things, because like Derek said, we really, you know, when I'm filling out those that paperwork at a doctor's office or for whatever, you know, I, I don't have drugs to put on that list. You know, I, I almost never even take a headache medication, any kind of a pain medication. Um, number one, I just don't get headaches. And number two, if I have injured myself or I've hurt myself, my go-to is not taking ibuprofen or like we talked about a couple of episodes ago, these NSAIDs that, that, you know, stop my prostaglandin production and, and cause, you know, a whole series of, of, things in my body to happen that I don't want to have happen. So, you know, my, my go-tos are get in the infrared sauna, you know, help my, my body heal itself because your, your body is amazing. And, and we are engineered to heal ourselves. We really are. We've got all these amazing processes in our body and, and we are made to heal ourselves with the help of some of these natural, um, elements that are here on earth that are, are for us to use for those processes. So we have like, um, so the acupuncture I think is a really great way to help your body heal. It's great to help you with pain management. So we've talked about that before, like Derek having issues with the shoulder, me when I injured my knee, doing the acupuncture. Infrared sauna is a great way to do that stuff. Um, essential oils are amazing. Massage is super good. Like I've talked to you guys about massage and how I feel like that's so important. And not only are these things good for pain man management and relaxation, which is super good for your parasympathetic nervous system, which we've talked about, that's your rest and digest. And we are chronically sympathetic, which means we are chronically in the, the flight or fight all the time. You know, 99% of us are chronically sympathetic. I mean, I think, and there's been a lot of podcasts dedicated to this, so we won't have to rehash it all, but I know like just being on the computer all the time, your eyes, you mm -hmm. know, the fatigue of, of the stress. And then I think a lot of people, uh, if you look at like a majority, and this isn't a, you know, uh, this isn't a, uh, uh, a judgment, a judgment on other people, but there's a lot of people that watch like these horror movies, thrillers, dramas all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, you have this whole day of stress in your life and then you come home and you watch two or three hours of binge watching on Netflix on some crazy dramas. Yeah. I can't, and all the blood and guts and all the the killing each other and and I personally I just avoid all that stuff. I mean, this is my personal, you know. Uh, well, not entirely. I mean, you like the, uh, you know, 007 and once shows like a that. couple of weeks you right. watch but, something like but that. But I understand but what not you're like saying. Every night, but I'm, like those, I mean, you are right because we have to remember, and there are so many studies to back this stuff up. But your brain doesn't know the difference if you're watching that television show or it's living it like it truly doesn't know the difference. The reaction, the chemical reaction in your brain is the same as if you were going through it yourself. So we have to remember that stuff. And, you know, I'm not telling everybody. I know anybody that watches. What is that show called? The Walking Dead or whatever yeah, that, that our kids watch. Or if anybody that watches that stuff, I just lost you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, that's it. I'm out of here. Or there's like Game of Thrones and all these. I mean, these are like seriously intense dramas. And, and I understand, you know, it's kind of fun to lose yourself in a show. But I think if the in amount of, of. Yeah, it's the amount. And we've, and we've gotten where we are in our society today. I think it's why we are so chronically sympathetic. It's just one of the elements that, that leads us to that. Because... Never, ever in history have we been able to sit down and watch, you know, four se four seasons of The Walking Dead or, you know, whatever. whatever. Just pick any, like, stressful, you know, suspense, thriller type of show or whatever. We've never in history been able to sit down and, and literally binge or gorge on that type of thing before. And so it really is detrimental to our health. I mean, it, it just really is. And um, it sounds crazy. I feel like I, I sound like my grandma or yeah. my grandpa or something like. Well, it's true. Don't like, watch kids that much, kids, yeah, <laughs> or TV. don't watch TV that well, much. Kids. And I think too, like, and I think people lose the simple things on like after go after having a meal, taking a walk. Like, yes. how many people actually do that? So walking is so good after you take a meal because it actually lowers your blood glucose. It helps you. So not only does it lower it, which is amazing because if the quicker you can get your, your blood glucose lowered, the less insulin production you need. So walking is an excellent way to do that after you had a meal. And it's relaxing. 
it's just good to get out and walk and have a nice relaxation. It's good for your body. It's good for your joints. Oh, yeah. And I think, too, like lifting heavy things. Like mm-hmm. I was talking about that the other day. Just, you know, there's something that, you know, when you go to the gym or if you're going to do this at home or whatever, it's just like actually having that real heavy level of resistance here and there. I mean, I'm not saying you need to do it five times a week, but that just creates that other part of your body where it has to release the chemicals in your body to keep things going. Yeah, and and lifting heavy things is good. Um, and I I totally agree with that. Just not doing it for long periods of time. If you're going right. to go lift some heavy things, don't do don't go do, you know, an hour in the uh, in the gym lifting a bunch of weights and you know leaving there completely exhausted and sore and you know dead. Don't do that. Go in lift heavy things, power through them, do 20 minutes, and then leave the gym. That's what I do. You know, let everybody stare at you and look at you funny like you're not doing anything. Because, I mean, Derek, you're that's what you do, and you're in amazing shape, and you, you know, and you see sometimes these people in there, they, year after year after year, they never change. They always look the same. They're a little bit overweight. Their Their muscles never really change that much, and they're in there like an hour to two hours every day. And it's hard on your body. It's hard on your brain. It's hard on your on your nervous system. So these are all things that go into the lifestyle, guys. And sleep is so, so huge. Um, it is so important to not just to get the right amount of sleep, but to try and get your circadian rhythm set. So not staying up late, too long after sun, sunset, which is hard now in the winter months, especially here. I mean, it gets dark. 545, 6 o'clock, you know, it's so obviously, you know, we're not going to bed at seven o'clock, but you know, sometimes we do, I mean, we definitely do go to bed. We try to go to bed earlier in the wintertime anyway. And you kind of notice if you just pay attention, if you're not on TV, because if you're on TV, if you're on computers, if you've got the screens, that's going to change the way your body reacts to the sun going down. But if you notice, if you just try to pay attention next time you're doing something, you're out, whatever, uh, but you're not sitting in front of the TV and the sun goes down, you are going to notice that you are tired and you're starting to yawn. And maybe, you know, that's your body. Like that's your circadian rhythm telling you it's time. You know, you're, you're uh, producing melatonin, your body's winding down, you're ready to get you know, get in bed, it's ready to go to sleep. So try to start paying attention to that stuff and, and follow it as quickly as you can. And, you know, we have a rule here in the house, it it should be probably longer period of time than this, but I have to pick my battles as a mom. So this, you know, we screen time is an hour before bed, there can be no more screen time at a, at a minimum an hour before bed. So no more phones, no more TV, no more computers, an hour before bed. Because that uh, allows your brain time to start signaling that it is bedtime. You know, it starts paying attention to the to the fact that the sunset, and you can start relaxing and getting ready. Um, you can do relaxing things like we we do. I've talked about this before, but we do a blend of essential oils, and we put it in a diffuser. And those diffusers are going when it's uh, in the evening, and that kind of helps set the tone. We can take a bath with some Epsom salt and some lavender oil. I'll do that with my girls to help get them settled, like those types of things. So those are all good. It's all part of the lifestyle, guys. All right. So talking about... Uh... So so one thing is, um, so I, I just went over like the basics of ketosis and uh, I told you about the carbs. So let me just go back and touch on that real quick. So for the first six months, like I said, I stayed very... Um, very strict about things. And I, and I do advise clients that if they want to be ketogenic, that to go pretty strict, but once you've really gotten yourself fat adapted and you've become more intuitive with your eating, you're no longer, you know, I, I don't suggest that you continue to, to monitor things. You don't need to keep checking your blood ketones. You don't need to keep checking your macros. You don't need to, because I think like Derek said, I I don't want you to get so wrapped up in that, that it becomes like this big issue. My goal for you is that you're going to become intuitive about your eating, that you're going to start, whether you're ketogenic or paleo or whatever you want to be, but that you know how your body feels. And to be honest, I might not even, I'm sure by the diehards out there, I'm probably not even considered ketogenic anymore. I mean, I am in ketosis, but they would probably be like, oh, well, you don't eat ketogenically. Because like I said, I don't, you know, I feel like you need to find your own, find your own version of keto or your own diet that works for you. You need to find what works for you. We're all super different, 
but I don't cycle carbs specifically and I don't do carb up specifically, but I have gone from being very strict on it to, I've told you guys before, I totally don't count any carbs whatsoever anymore that come with vegetables. And I don't think you should either. We do not eat enough vegetables in this country anyway. So, I mean, I would like your plate to be like 80% vegetables. Just fill it up with broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, spinach, um, you know, whatever you want, just whatever you like, whatever veggies are good for you, fill it up. Um, I do eat root vegetables sparing more sparingly because there is, um, less fiber and more carbs in those. Um, so, and, and you gotta be careful because if you're eating too much of that without the fiber to go along with it, you're, you're really, you really are going to raise your blood glucose. So I do try to watch that a little bit, the, the more of the, um, tubers and the root vegetables. So, but I still like parsnips and carrots and sweet potatoes. And, and I have added those back in more than I used to now that I've been at this almost a year. So, and I have, and I actually noticed that I kind of started hitting a little bit of a plateau around six months to eight months. And so I, I did start experimenting with adding a little bit more carbs in here and there, which again, because I'm a woman, I think that that is also has a big part to play in that. Um, I think women for adrenal health and hormone health that we actually do probably need to cycle in carbs here and there to help us with that. So we're not stressing out our adrenals. So, um, I noticed as I started to add some of the carbohydrates in a little bit more frequently that I actually kind of started losing inches again and I don't weigh myself. I don't, I don't measure myself, but I could tell in my clothes that things were getting, uh, bigger on me again, things that had, had fit. So I'm still not at my set point. I've still not found my homeostasis. I know that, um, number one, I still have fat reserves in my body. Um, but I know I haven't found it yet because I'm still, uh, you know, I still have a little bit trickling off here and there. So, and that's fine, but I am, I'm not dieting. I'm just eating what intuitively, what I think feels good to me. And you, I feel like the longer you're at this, the more you start to notice, like I'll, I'll notice if I eat something that I feel like instantly bloated, like, and I'm not just talking about your belly. I actually, where I typically feel it is my legs. So I know this is going to seem weird, but I feel it like in my thighs. I'm, I don't know if I just am more conscious of that or if I retain water more there, but if I eat something, too many carbs or something that doesn't sit well with me, I will immediately feel kind of that bloated feeling a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I don't like that. And I've, I have been not feeling that way for so long that when I do feel that way, I notice it instantly and I really dislike it. And it's amazing because I think I lived most of my life feeling that way and didn't realize that it wasn't optimal. Um, it was normal, but I didn't realize it wasn't optimal. So the more you do this, the longer you kind of work at this and find what feels good to you, you will become very much more intuitive in your eating and, and your lifestyle. So, and I also feel like when I'm, when I'm getting stressed, I know these things that I can do like meditation or some time of prayer, or I talked about grounding or earthing, you know, which is a little bit harder to do right now when it's 20 degrees outside, you don't want to go do a lot of earthing. It's super cold, but you know, just doing those types of things, those are all, those are all just really helpful for you. Okay. Um, one other thing I want to talk about with ketosis and getting going on this is a big obstacle that I see people come up against. And a lot of times people will fail at ketosis or they feel like they've failed or they'll try to start it and it doesn't go super well for them is digestion. We have to get our digestion right. It's so, so, so important when you go ketogenic because it is so much easier for our body to digest carbs. They, they're quicker to digest. They're faster. Um, they just go through our system quicker. They're easier. We don't, it's just not as much of a, of a tax on our bodies. And if we have not been eating the fats and the proteins like we should, and we're eating a, a large amount of carbohydrates, and especially if you've been vegan or vegetarian, which I have been both and was for quite some time, you, your body loses the ability to digest those more complex foods. It is just a fact. 
Um, and I have talked to so many people that were vegetarian or vegan in their life. And as soon as they tried to start eating normally, they had all kinds of issues with digestion. When you go vegetarian or vegan, your hydrochloric acid production in your stomach is almost nil. It goes to almost nothing. So um, that is a, a definite not good side effect for one. So if you have been vegetarian or vegan, for instance, or you just have lived on carbohydrates and processed foods and you've not been eating um, a lot of, of animal proteins or animal foods and, and more complex foods, uh, you are going to need to work on your digestion. So um, typically see issues with um, liver and gallbladder um, and pancreas. Uh, gallbladder often has a, we often have a lot of issues with gallbladder. Um, and just with being able to uh, release the, the right things that we need to help us break down the food. Same with pancreas. So, and then our livers become pretty digested because we're not, we don't have the right enzymes to, to process the stuff. And of course, you know, higher up in our digestive tract, we have the stomach. And if we're not producing the proper amount of, of hydrochloric acid, we're not breaking down the foods properly. They're sitting in our stomach and fermenting. We can become bloated. We can have gas. Um, we can have constipation. We can have heartburn. Those are all super common things I hear for people that are starting out ketogenic. And they say, this just does not work for me. Number one, I felt awful and I was tired and I had no energy, which that is that's pretty common. That can be just due to the fact that your body is trying to switch over. So during that period where your enzymes are switching over, you are going to be more tired and you're not going to have as much energy because your body is trying to learn how to, how to, where it's getting its energy source from. And it's trying to do that. In addition, when you go ketogenic, you're losing a lot of water because glucose is all, all this glucose and these carbs in your body, they're, they cause you to hold on to water. They cause bloat. And so when you stop eating all that stuff, your body loses all of that water retention. And so you do, when that water goes, you lose a lot of electrolytes. So you need to supplement with electrolytes. Super important. We've talked about that before. That will also help you not feel as bad. But the other issues um, are coming from digestion. You, your body, many people just cannot digest that amount of fat and protein. So super important to get that together. You, um, I, I think it's really important that you concentrate on digestive enzymes. Um, hydrochloric acid is a good one, but typically for people... I would, I like to recommend that while you probably do need hydrochloric acid, I think you need to work on healing your digestive system first before we go throwing in the hydrochloric acid necessarily. So I know for myself, I've done some functional evaluations of myself through um, some other nutritional therapy practitioners. And for myself, I, I had been taking hydrochloric acid for a while and just have still not been able to get my hydrochloric acid production where it should be. So I found out through some of these functional evaluations and these um, that some of my lingual neuro testing that I really need to heal my gut before and my digestive tract before I can really start working on all of the um, enzymes and the hydrochloric acid. So some of the things that I will recommend to people is that you do some um, bile salts are, are super helpful. Your gallbladder, especially if you know you have gallbladder issues, it's super, super helpful to do that. Uh, one of the brands that I like and recommend um, as an NTP is Biotics Research. They have some really great products out there that are really good for you. So um, especially a lot of times there are, so dietary fibers will bind your, your bile salts so a lot of people, so pectin is an example. There's, that's found in fruits um, and there's other types of fibers that are found in like legumes and cereal grains. We are chronic carbohydrate eaters and we're, most of us are sugar burners. So we are getting tons of those dietary fibers that have been binding our bile salts up. So we are not able to be able to, um, uh, to properly excrete that and then be able to break down those foods. So you may need some help with bile, with your, you know, bile formation and your gallbladder, your pancreas, your liver, they, they all need help being able to digest. So, 
Um, I like the Biotics brand. I definitely would recommend those to, to clients and to anyone listening. A really good one for bile salts is called Beta Plus. So you can get that again. That's Biotics Research. I'll put that on the show notes. Um, they do have an, an, H, an HCL supplement too. They have a couple of different HCL supplements you can use. And I was talking, telling you guys about healing the gut first. They have a very good healing supplement called Gastrozyme. And that is really good for digestion if you're having digestive issues, but you also want to work on healing your digestion. So it's got um, some, some good... Um, digestive enzymes in there that you're going to need, but then it also has some good healing vitamins and minerals that will help to kind of heal your body and get you back where you need to be. So those are some good options as well. And again, I'll list some of those out. Other good things to take would be like ox bile. Um, there's other di good digestive enzymes like design for health has one that's a liver gallbladder, um, liver gallbladder one, and that's called the LV GB complex. That's a good one to take. Um, Pure Encapsulations has Digestion GB, I believe it is. I'll, I'll find those and put those on the show notes as well. But the, those are all good options for helping you get back to some digestion. So, um, okay, so one of the other things that we talk that I get a lot of questions about is kids on keto and how do you do that with your family? So real quick, I, I'll make this real fast. I just wanted to kind of go through, I don't think you need to be a huge stickler for making sure that your kids are sticking to these certain macros. First of all, kids are growing, they're developing, their needs are very different than ours as adults. And in general, they're so much more active than us that they can get away with having more carbohydrates and still being fat burners. So, um, so I think it's, you know, I wouldn't go restricting fruits and veggies from your kids. I think that, you know, my kids eat a wide variety of fruits. I don't worry about it. It's, you know, do I eat bananas? No, but my kids eat bananas. That's fine. Um, and I think it's more important to just model healthy eating for your kids. You know, make dinners. I, I, I think it gets kind of scary because as moms, we think, oh my gosh, we're going to go on this new lifestyle. We're going to start eating ketogenic and I, this is going to be great for me and I'm going to heal my hormones and heal my adrenals. And this is going to be awesome. And I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to feel better. And I'm going to get rid of the, you know, fuzzy mom brain. And this is going to be awesome. And it's great. And it is, it's good. But then we start freaking out because we start making dinner and we go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I have to make like five different things because this kid doesn't eat this and this kid doesn't eat that. And I mean, come on, as moms anyway, we were already kind of faced with that. Even if you're a standard American diet eater, if you've got more than one kid, you probably have, you know, all these different dietary things that each kid likes to eat. So I don't want to make that more complex for you. But what it might look like is, for instance, when we have spaghetti and meatball night, we might make, um, I might make just a spaghetti, a meatball bake, where I'll just put the meatballs and some marinara and some cheese and put it in the oven and bake that till it's nice and bubbly and awesome. And they could just eat that. Or maybe um, a lot of times what I'll do is I will spiralize some zucchini or make some spaghetti squash. And then I love both of those options. I have never been a huge pasta fan anyway, but even if you were a pasta fan, once you start eating this way, I promise you, your desire for pasta will completely go away. So, so that is, so I'll make a spaghetti squash or some spiralized, some zucchini noodles because I really enjoy having that. And I'll make a huge plate of zucchini noodles and then top it with meatballs and a little bit of marinara. Then I will also make a pot, which is super easy of gluten-free, um, noodles. And so spaghetti noodles. So my kids will eat those. They, they still want the spaghetti, and they're, they will not, I only have one of them that will eat the spaghetti squash or the zucchini and the other ones will eat the spaghetti or they don't want anything to do with the spaghetti and they'll just eat the meatballs and marinara. So it can really be that easy. And I, and I'll usually make a side of like broccoli pretty much every night. I'll do a side of steamed broccoli with lots of butter. You know, my kids love broccoli. They love butter. So I would just encourage you parents find a vegetable that your kids like and to find something that they really like, you may have to just slather it in butter and that's okay. 
that is perfectly fine. The quality of what you're eating is so much more important anyway. So definitely, I encourage you guys to look at the quality of foods. You know, try to buy organic whenever you can. It really does make a difference. Um, there are some scary things going on out there with GMOs and with Roundup and these things that they're spraying on our foods. So try to eat organic if you can. Buy grass-fed, pasture-raised pork and, and meat and beef and chicken and eggs. It is super important. Um, you know, butter. Do not just go to the store and buy just because it says organic does not mean it's good butter. You really, really have to think about what has gone into these animals that then you are taking this product from them and then you're eating it. It's super important to think about that. So getting a grass-fed butter is, is really important, and it tastes way better. So um, buying grass-fed butter is great. Um, Kerrygold is my favorite currently, but there are other ones that you can find. And if you, are, if you have access to a raw dairy farm, you can buy raw cheeses and raw butter from a dairy farmer. That's even better. Yeah, I mean, quality of food really does matter. I mean, I guess if you're eating out like every night of the week and, uh, you know, you really can't control how quality of food you're eating because yeah. most restaurants are, well, let's just face it, they're going to give, they're, they're trying to make money, right? So they're going to give you the least quality food they can. Right. And the oils, it, that's the biggest thing is what they're cooking all the food in. Yeah. I mean, so that's, I guess for a quality, I would say make sure that you're, not eating out frequently and if you have to eat out you might gonna have to spend a little bit more money and go to some restaurants that know serve the right oils and the right quality foods and they're you know the farm to table type restaurants otherwise you're pretty much setting yourself up for jeopardy in my opinion yeah totally agree with that yep i agree so so it's important, you know, feeding your kids, just don't stress out about it and, you know, try to do the best you can. If you're, if you're trying to go down this, do this lifestyle, you know, I think there's a lot of value in, like we said, just quality of foods that you're providing. And there's a lot of value to your family in, in watching what you're doing. So if you're eating healthy and you're picking these things and you're filling your plate full of vegetables and good, healthy, you know, meats, and they know that you're, that you care about the foods that you're putting on the table for them, it may take a long time, but you got to remember too, you're planting seeds for these kids years down the road. You may not see the harvest right away. It may take years for you to harvest those seeds you planted. But you're planting them, and that's the important thing. I agree with that. So I, the biggest thing I see, you know, summary from today's episode is make sure you're not stressing about the food. You're not stressing about how much you're working out or where you're working mm -hmm. out or what you're lifting. And don't stress about, uh, you know, sleep and things like that. I think the big key is do the best you can every day. Put out the best quality you can. And in my opinion, you try to improve just a little bit every day. Yeah. And then what we call in my business is a quantum leap which is a very small progress. Like if you can just even make a very small progress every day and you keep building on that, I think that's really where we all need to be. Yep, I agree. So um, in conclusion of this episode, I just wanted to read, um, I'm actually gonna give you guys um, three reviews today that I that I have on iTunes. Um, I just wanna make sure that I, that I get these out here and then I catch up on these. So. Um, I've got three that I'm going to read and I, if I have not read yours, I apologize. I'm trying to keep up with these, but also a lot of the, a, a lot of the reviews for whatever reason, maybe if somebody knows how to do this, they can contact me, but, um, they, it does not let me see all the reviews and I, I don't know why it does that. So even though there's 25 reviews, I can only see a few of them through iTunes. So I don't know how to get around that. But the first one I want to read to you guys today is by Jesse Duke, and it says a five-star review. Thank you so much, Jesse. It says, uh, easy to listen to, good keto info, good voice to deliver it. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So I'm glad that you enjoy that because you know you never like your own voice. So I always think, gosh, why would somebody want to listen to this, listen to me talk? But um, I'm glad that at least somebody thinks it's good. So, okay. Another one that I got says, so glad I found you. Another five star, star review. This is from Aaron Kuhn. It says, this podcast is absolutely wonderful. I found it by searching keto podcast. Yours was 
one of the first I came across. One episode and I'm hooked. I'm through episode 16 now and almost caught up. Thank you for presenting factual information in a way we can all understand. Look forward to more episodes and to continue the keto lifestyle. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for that review, Erin. I'm so glad that it is um, helping you and that you're enjoying it. And the last one I want to read today is another five-star review, and it's by Clay G01. It says, beneficial content. This is the very first podcast that I listened to when starting my new keto way of life. I love how she explains things so well for those who are new. Jessica thoroughly helps us understand how important everything that we eat as well as what we put on our skin affects our well-being. I've learned so much from her amazing podcast. I love the chemistry between her and Derek. Being a mom of a 16-year-old son with with, uh, muscular dystrophy, I also love her heart with her special Lily. Thank you, Jessica and Derek, for encouraging us and sharing us sharing us the wealth of knowledge of health each week. The wealth of knowledge of health each week. Sorry, a little tongue twisted there. Uh, thank you so much, Clay G01. I really appreciate that. And I am very appreciative that you are able to relate and to Derek and and me and our family. And, you know, that just makes this totally worth doing guys. And this is the reason I do it. I just want to help as many people as I can and just get the information out there because I think knowledge is power. You know, when we know we can change things and, you know, until we know, we don't, we don't even know sometimes that there's a something wrong or that things can change until we get the information. So I really hope that this continues to help you guys and you continue to get the information you want and need from this. So if you uh, want to leave me a review, that would be amazing. You have to go to your iTunes and search, use the search tool and type in keto lifestyle and you'll see my podcast pop up. You click on that and then um, you will see at the top of the page, it will say uh, rate this podcast or leave a review or something like that. And you just click on that and then you can leave me as many stars as you think this podcast deserves. Five stars is super appreciated. (laughs) So if you do that and then leave a comment, that would be great. And I will do my very best to read the comment on air and um, let other people hear it. So if you do that, that's great. And that helps the rankings so that more people can find the podcast. The more reviews a podcast has, the higher in the rankings it shows up. So then people will find it. Like if they're looking for health podcasts, for instance, that we would show up in there if we get enough reviews. So that would be awesome. And then if you have any special requests or things that you want to hear, people you want interviewed on the podcast or subjects you want to touch on, it doesn't have to just be ketogenic, guys. I mean, this is, like I said, it's a lifestyle thing. So if there's other topics you want to hear about or other experts you think would be great to to talk about, then um, I would love to have them on. So send me a note. You can do so at my email address is jessica at jessicatai.com. So you can send me an email there. You can go to my website and fill out a form on the website if you want to do it that way. And that is jessicatai.com, www.jessicatai.com. And you just follow the, the prompts there. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, you, I am at that keto blonde on Instagram. And I love for people to connect with me on Instagram. It's a, I love that. It's a lot of fun. And, but I will have to tell you, I've said this before, I am really awful at checking my messages on there. So I don't have any of my messages, um, that send me, I don't get, I don't get any kind of notifications. I turn those off on my phone. Yay. Parasympathetic nervous system. So, um, no, for real, I turned off all those notifications so that my phone does not ding me all day long. Um, I try not to check all of that stuff. I try to just check those things during certain times of the day that I've designated to do it. So what ends up happening though, is that I often forget. And to be honest, I just am realizing that if someone is not following me on Instagram, if you're not actually connected to me and you send me a message, 
it puts it in this other category that I have to scroll through other screens that I didn't even know existed. And so I have, I've done it twice now where I totally forgot that that was even an option and went in and looked and found messages from like months ago. So, um, and I've even deleted some and didn't know that I was deleting them. So I am so, so bad at that stuff, but I am happy for you to send me a message on there. But like I said, if you are connected to me, if you're following me on Instagram, then I believe that's how it tells me that I have the message. If not, then I have to scroll through these screens that I never remember how I did it. And so it may be months or weeks before I find your, your um, Instagram message. Same with Facebook. I have an automatic response set up on Facebook. So if you email me on or message me through Facebook, you will get a response. But that doesn't mean that I saw it. It just is an automatic response. So I usually try try to keep up with those, but again, they may be days or weeks before I notice those. So sorry about that, guys. So anyway, um, that's all I've got for this week. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and just kind of this uh, kind of refresher on some ketogenic things and some lifestyle things. I hope that it helps you. And I really look forward to talking to you guys again next week. And then, like I said before, I've got some exciting guests coming up. So stay tuned for those. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Today's Keto Lifestyle Podcast has been brought to you by Clearlight Saunas. They are a true full-spectrum infrared sauna line with low EMF and low ELF. These saunas are not just endorsed by a doctor, but they have been designed by a doctor. They have proven clinical results and have even been clinically tested for weight loss. These saunas are safe and effective with high output infrared heaters. If you've wanted to experience an infrared sauna in your own home, don't delay anymore. Check them out on the web today at www.infraredsauna.com. That's I-N-F-R-A-R-E-D-S-A-U-N-A dot com. And when you order your infrared sauna, make sure to let them know that Jessica Ty sent you with the Keto Lifestyle Podcast, and they will give you a special offer with more savings off their already reduced holiday sales pricing. Go get yours today, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we share with you today and are looking forward to the next episode. 